What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 71 of the Jake Talk Sports Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to start out by talking about some MLB news, some stuff that just came out yesterday, obviously, about the new cover athlete. Uh, not really the longest segment, just want to talk about that real quick. Then we're going to hop right in talking about my dream offseason for the Packers, and basically talking about what I think we should do in the draft, for agency, the whole Roger situation, stuff like that. And then we're going to hop into the NBA, look at the current standings as we approach the All-Star break, and basically just talk about what to teams are disappointing, what teams are excelling, what teams are exceeding expectations and stuff like that, and where the teams that are doing bad, that could be doing good, should be aggressive at the trade deadline. So stuff like that, talk about the NBA and the NFL. And yeah, before we fully hop into this episode, again, a huge shout out to Anchor. And if you're on Spotify, be sure to rate the podcast, review the podcast, and help the podcast grow in any way you can, whatever platform you're listening to. So yeah, without further ado, let's get right into it. We're talking about the MLB The Show 23 cover being announced yesterday. Jazz Chisholm is the cover athlete. And honestly, this kind of came out of nowhere for me. I really thought that it was going to be uh, Aaron Judge, I think Aaron Judge would have been a good choice. I think Julio Rodriguez would have been a good choice because he had such a fantastic season last year. Uh, and honestly, Jazz, I think, is a good choice. I mean, he's not like the best player in baseball, and there hasn't been a point in his career when he's ever been the best player in baseball. But I really think that's what this cover athlete thing is about. I think it's somebody who represents the game in a good way, and that's exactly what Jazz Chisholm does. He is like one of the most fun and energetic and just goofy players in the MLB. And also, he's the first Bahamian-born uh, I really hope I pronounced that right. Bahamian-born player uh, to ever be on the cover of LMB The Show. And, I mean, he's one of my favorite players in the league. He's one of my favorite cards to use in Diamond Dynasty. Jazz, great guy. Uh, absolutely deserves to be the cover of MLB The Show. And so, yeah, just wanted to co- quickly cover that little sports news tidbit. Let's hop right into the NFL, talking about my dream Packers offseason. Okay, what is my dream Packers offseason? Let's start off by talking about Aaron Rodgers. Okay, because all the talk with the Packers – and this offseason is, what are they going to do with Aaron Rodgers? And there seems to be a few paths that we're kind of leaning towards. One is trading him. Uh, there are some suitors that have been available. The Raiders, which would not happen. The Jets, I think, could happen. And there's some other teams that are going to be QB needy. Um, I could potentially go after him. The second thing is he just stays in Green Bay, exactly like he did last year. After all this drama, he just ended up staying in Green Bay and doing absolutely nothing about all this stuff he was talking about in the offseason. So that fully could happen, fully expecting that to happen again, honestly. And then third option is he just retires, which seems unlikely at this point. I know that people at the end of the season were kind of suspicious because he didn't give his jersey to Jamison Williams at the end of the game. And here's a couple reasons why he probably didn't do that. One, it was his last game of the year. Okay, you want to keep that jersey, whatever. It was a good game. Second of all, I think Randall Cobb is retiring. And I think that's probably the most likely situation. Uh, because you can see the shot at the end of that game also where they're walking out of the tunnel and he's got his arm around Cobb. I think that was Cobb's last game in the NFL. Not only at Lambeau, but in the NFL. So I think he's going to give that jersey to Cobb. I think he is going to be playing football next year. It's really just a matter of where. So let's talk about a few options. Okay, obviously we talked about how he could stay in Green Bay. And let's talk about what would the team look like if he did. I mean, with his contract, it's really tough to improve this team too much outside of the draft, right? I mean, there isn't going to be some big free agency push for a big name wide receiver. We're not going to like trade for DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think, right? But there are a few guys. I mean, DJ Chark would be a great addition for the Packers. But again, Rodgers is built on chemistry, right? That's how his connections with his receivers are built, okay? He hasn't had a first-round receiver that's been successful. Like that, that doesn't happen. So Christian Watson, who 
really heated up in the back half of last season, I think really seriously could be Rodgers' number one wide receiver next year because they developed that chemistry. You're starting to trust him a little bit more. Obviously, he did not get up to a good start in Green Bay with that drop in the Minnesota game in the very first play of the season. That could have been a touchdown. Could have gone on and beaten them and so on and so forth. But, you know, the thing is, like, he was a rookie, and the fact that he was – Rodgers was working that well with a rookie – already in that season when it usually takes him two to three years. I like that a lot. So I'm not sure we should do anything at receiver. I don't think we will do anything at receiver outside of drafting another guy, which if it's not like in the first round, I guess I'd be okay with because getting talent in a deep wide receiving class is, I guess, okay. I mean, Quentin Johnson would be a very good addition, I think, because he's a change of pace. Right, because all of our guys are kind of fast, smaller, fast guys. It's how Lazard, who I think is gone. We'll talk about him uh, later. Uh, but uh, like guys who are smaller, faster, Watson and Dubs are, are guys like that. And Samari, uh, Samari Torre is a guy like that. And if Randall Cobb stays, he's also a little bit smaller. And Quentin Johnson, who's a big guy who can go deep and win those 50-50 balls that we need him to, would actually be a good addition. So if Quentin Johnson's on the board and in, in a good spot to take him, I think we should take him uh, as far as improving the wide receiver core. Uh, so that's what this would look like if Rodgers stayed. I mean, if Rodgers stays, I don't see much – half to this team improving outside of development. Okay, Christian Watson needs to develop. Or Dubs needs to develop. I pray that Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt get their on-the-field shenanigans figured out and also develop into good players. So I think Quay Walker showed some really good signs that he couldn't be a good linebacker last year. He's just not very – he's very temperamental, hot-headed. Obviously, you saw that he got ejected from two different games. Doesn't Very rarely does that happen to anybody, let alone a rookie. Uh, so he definitely has some things to figure out as far as his personality goes. Uh but I think that Quay Walker shows sometimes he could actually be a good linebacker uh, in this year's class. Um, but I, yeah, it's really about development. They're kind of a team where that's the only way, path to them getting better is development, unless they were to trade Rodgers. But talking about the scenario where they were to, where they weren't to trade Rodgers. Okay, if they aren't to trade Rodgers, I don't know what Jordan Love's going to do. Okay, I'm not sure this. I, I actually almost guarantee this rumor wasn't true, but there was a rumor that came out a while ago that said if Rodgers were to stay next year, Love would request a trade. And if they, if he were to do that, let's, let's play the hypothetical game here. If he were to do that, would anybody take him? My gut says no, because we've seen him play in two games, and he was bad in the first one. Kansas City was bad. Second one, he played for two quarters, not even one, like half of a quarter, and was good. But you can't just base your entire trading for a quarterback off of one that small of a sample size. You, you just you can't do that. So if, if you were to request a trade, that's worst case scenario because we are not going to get the value that they are expecting to get. From. I guarantee you, we will not get anything first through third for a draft pick for Jordan Love. Why would you? Unless you see something that you really like on film and you really want him to be your starter, you're not going out to get that. And there are QB need teams like I like the Panthers and the Commanders and 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 the Saints and everything that like maybe like the Falcons like uh, the Falcons have Desmond Ritter they don't want another guy you know and you just look at all these teams and like where is he going to land because it's not like you're expecting Jordan Love to elevate you to Super Bowl so QB need teams who are QB away like the Jets or the Commanders maybe and they're not going to go for a guy like Jordan Love right so Jordan Love of course a trade I have no idea what we get out of him but I guarantee you it wouldn't be good um but yeah as far as what would happen if Rodgers stayed what I would like to see happen if he were to stay it's just improving the offensive line would be a big thing. I know that Bakhtiari, even in the games he played this year and 
wasn't even that much, was not fantastic. Okay, this is a guy who was in the conversation for one of the best tackles in the league just a few years back. And obviously injuries have definitely hurt that. And he wasn't, I don't think he was 100% from the ACL tear when he came back this year and everything. Uh, but I think that we definitely need to improve this offensive line. We obviously took a step towards that by signing Elton Jenkins. As much of an overpay as that might have been, I think getting him and staying, keeping him in Green Bay, I think that that is a good idea uh, because we're giving him a lot of money, but he's also a very good player. And we need some kind of stability on the offensive line, especially if Bacciari leaves or gets traded or just retires, you know. Um, Depends on what he ends up doing. Um, But I think improving the offensive line would be good. Defensively, the secondary needs to get better. You know, Jai Alexander is our only, like, reliable corner. I mean, there were guys like Rudy Ford and Keyshawn Nixon who came in and made a couple plays, but, like, those guys, you don't trust them as their number two corner. Eric Stokes fell off a cliff and doesn't really play. Uh, you know, Adrian Amos is a free agent, probably not going to keep him back. And, you know, Darnell Savage is not number one safety. Like, there was a lot in that secondary that really needs to improve. I like the pass rush. The pass rush was good this season. The linebackers, I think, can be good if Quay Walker is able to develop. And, you know, obviously, Devondre Campbell's been an all-pro before, so I don't necessarily want to replace him quite yet. And, you know, but that secondary, that back end is really something that could hurt us if they continue to play that the way they did this year. Jair really took matters into his own hands at the end of the season, and he really showed that he is our number one corner. And I barely doubted that for a second. You know, I don't really think there was ever a time where I thought Jair was not the guy, uh, even though he started off pretty rough this year. But I think improving the secondary would have to be a thing, uh, you know, just making this defense as good as it is, especially if this offense is as dysfunctional as it was uh, at the beginning of the season. But even the offense really improved this season. So it gives me some hope if Rodgers does come back that it can be the level it was the last few weeks of this season, the entire season next year, you know, against you know, Miami and Minnesota and even Detroit, they had a decent offensive showing. You know, I don't think there's anything that needs to be done at the running back position. I think that we're very good there. Tight ends. If there's a guy that falls, that is, that's pretty highly rated as a tight end, I would take him. I think Robert Tonyan is pretty overrated and doesn't really do much. Uh, and I think that if I had to pick the most overrated player in the Packers, it might be Robert Tonyan because, I mean, he caught like 11 touchdowns a few years back, but that was just because, you know, he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, and he does now, but he doesn't really do much. Uh, so I would not be mad if we were to get rid of Robert Tunyon or if we were to replace Robert Tunyon because trading Robert Tunyon, I don't think is an option, but him living in free agency whenever he's a free agent is probably a good option. Um, I don't think we've signed him to a big contract or anything. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of things that would probably have to happen for the team to improve if Rodgers were to stay. Now, if Rodgers were to leave, okay. I think the package would have to be right if we were to trade Aaron Rodgers. And I think the Packers front office understands that. I don't think there's any, like, talk in the building about, hey, if we get a second and a third, it's over, we take that. No, I think that we have to get at least one first round for Aaron Rodgers. I think the package has to be right. I, I would love to get, like, a a, a a player, like a role player. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. You know, I've seen all these ridiculous Twitter ideas, like, would you take Aaron Rodgers for Garrett Wilson in a first-round pick? And I'm like, yes, I would, but the Packers – Packers would take that, and I would take that, but the Jets wouldn't take that. They're not going to trade away. The guy's probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year this year. They're not going to do that. I mean, they don't have any other receivers that are really reliable. Garrett Wilson's going to be a very good receiver in this league, possibly even a top-10 receiver next year. And you're going to trade him away? No. Like, would you take Aaron Rodgers for Quentin Williams? Like, of course I would, but they're not going to do that because the Jets are not stupid, okay? They know the value of Aaron Rodgers, and they know that Aaron Rodgers, they're going to get maybe two or maximum three more good years out of Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I can almost guarantee you that. They will get two to three good years out of Aaron Rodgers. And then what? Like, you trade away Quinn and Williams? Like, pfft. Trade away Garrett Wilson? Like, pfft. 
Also, if you're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers, why would you get rid of his top weapon? That doesn't make any sense to me, right? Um, so if they were to get if you were to get traded, my top destination is the Jets. I think Aaron Rodgers has a serious chance of going there. They just hired Hackett, and he likes Hackett, and I think Hackett is a good offensive coordinator. Yeah, that I, that is in no way me saying. Hear me now. That is in no way me saying that he is a good head coach or he's someone who should be a head coach, but he is, I think, a good offensive coordinator, right? And I, I, I think that the Packers' offense functioned with him, and there was a reason for that. I think that's a good hire by the Jets. I think that's a good kind of pathway to get Aaron Rodgers there. And honestly, I if he's going to get traded, I think it'll be the Jets. I don't see any other destination making sense. Um, so if he were to get traded, Jordan loves our starter. What do we do? Okay, what do we do? He, I don't know, right? Because then the, the the option becomes if we have this first round pick from the Jets, do we just trade that away for like DeAndre Hopkins, or do we just trade away picks that we that we have for a different guy? Do we sign guys in free agency? Because getting off the Rodgers contract is going to save us some money, obviously. You know, so I think trading Rodgers, um, and honestly, is what I'm leaning towards at the current moment because I want to get a good return for him, and then I think we just need to see Jordan Love start for a full season, no matter how good or bad he is, right? Because if we see him for a full season, we get our answer. Is he the guy? Probably not. Okay, if he's bad this year as the starter, if we were trade Rodgers and start him all year this next year, and he's bad, we know it because it's been four years, five years. There, he is not good. We will know he is not good because if he is not good after his fourth year, even if he's been sitting, I don't think it'll work out. If he sucks and we suck, we draft a guy, we develop him, maybe even have Jordan Love start another year and have him sit behind him, right? The second option is Jordan Love's really good and we're like a 10-7 and seven playoff team and we're thinking, oh, this could actually work with Jordan Love and then they build a team around him. I think that could also happen. Uh, so if we trade Rodgers, I think just putting the best core around Jordan Love and giving him the most help you can is the best option. So then we have more assets and then we have more cap room to, to, to pay people and stuff. I think adding a veteran receiver, if Randall Cobb does retire, is always a good thing for a young quarterback. Uh, but my dream Packers offseason... Okay, is trading Rodgers and having Jordan Love start a year. That is my dream Packers scenario. Okay, we talked about what each scenario would mean, which one I prefer. It's the Rodgers trade. Uh, I love Aaron Rodgers, and I'm very, very thankful for what he's done as our quarterback. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets a lot of hate because he's a weird dude, but honestly, I don't really care too much about that. I don't judge him too heavily for that. Just he just has his own beliefs, and they're different than mine. They're different than a lot of people's. But he he's he's himself, and he stands by his takes, and I like him. Uh, and I, I, I like him as a football player, obviously, and I've watched him on my team since I was I first became a football fan. He was our starter. You know, and I saw him win a Super Bowl. I've seen him throw a Hail Mary against the Lions and the Cardinals to keep us in games and actually win the Lions one. I've seen him make a ridiculous play and a ridiculous throw to Jared Cook on the sideline to beat Dallas, and I went insane on that one. I've seen him take us to NFC Championship games. I'm very thankful for what Aaron Rodgers has done for this team, but I think every team kind of comes with a time to move on. Even Tom Brady, who was with a dynasty for as many years as he was, he moved on eventually, right? So I think that that this is the time for Aaron Rodgers because I also think this is the year we get the most value out of him because say he plays next year and regresses even more. Okay, if he regresses next year, we get less value out of trading him after next year than we would right now. Okay, This is probably the highest his value is going to be in the next few years. So why not trade him now? I don't know. It doesn't seem like he wants to be in Green Bay. It doesn't seem like Green Bay wants him. I mean, there are reports coming out that Green Bay would prefer to move him. So I think we will see an Aaron Rodgers trade to the New York Jets. And my dream scenario is that that happens. Love starts for a year. Weapons develop. 
our our rookies from last year develop and we kind of just have an average season. Okay, I'm not expecting like 14 wins. I'm expecting like 10 wins would be great next season. That would be my dream scenario. Uh, but yeah, that is my dream Packers offseason. So let's move right into talking about the NBA, talking about some teams that are disappointing, talking about some teams that uh, aren't disappointing, that are kind of showing up, and some teams that have been surprising. Surprisingly good. Starting in the West, okay? The Denver Nuggets are the one seed. Does this surprise us? I think so, kind of. Yeah. I mean, the West is really weird right now. Let me just read off to you the six locked-in playoff teams right now, in order. Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Clippers, Warriors, Mavericks, and play-in teams, Suns, Pelicans, Timberwolves at nine, Jazz. With the Thunder, Trailblazers, Lakers, Spurs, and Rockets in that order, the bottom five out of the playoffs. The West is kind of a mess. The Nuggets being the one seed doesn't necessarily surprise me. They have Jokic and they have Jamal Murray back and everything seems to be kind of working for them. But I, I don't think they're a finals team. I don't think they're a championship team. Okay. And you have to look and you have to like look and think to yourself, is Nikola Jokic a number one on a championship team? And my gut leans no, solely because of the liability he becomes on defense. But the Nuggets are not a good enough defensive team to win the finals. That's my opinion. They it will it, I promise you it will come back to bite them in the playoffs. When they come into the playoffs, they might win a series or two. When they get to play like the Grizzlies, like the Clippers or the Warriors who have a really good offense, I think their defense kind of fails them. You know, the thing is with with Jokic, there aren't many great bigs that he has to defend. Okay, obviously Jaron Jackson Jr. is good, but he's more of a defensive guy. Demontis Sabonis is good. Uh, will they run into the Kings? I don't know. The Clippers don't have anybody at center. Warriors have Kevon Looney, who I don't think is much of a problem for for, for Jokic. You know, the Mavericks don't have anybody. The Suns have Aiden. Okay. They might not even make it out of the play-ins. Pelicans have Zion. Obviously, I mean, I don't even know if he plays center. Timberwolves have Gobert, who's nothing on offense. The Jazz... I don't even know who's playing center for the Jazz. Is it Hassan Whiteside? It might be. I don't know. Uh, but back to the top, yeah, like the Nuggets, I don't really see them making any finals run uh, this year, but I am not surprised. I think they are right around where I would have had them. Maybe I am a little surprised that they're the one seed currently this far into the season. The Grizzlies, the two seed, they seem like they're going to be the two seed kings uh, these next few years. I mean, they were the two seed last year in the playoffs and everything, and I think that this this is a good team. And this is a team that can win without John Morant. And that doesn't mean that John Morant's not a good player. It means that they are a very good team around him. It means that they are a team who can win. Jaron Jackson Jr., I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I buy the Defensive Player of the Year campaign for him, but I think he's very, very good. He's always been one of my favorite players in the league. On the Kings, I am so happy to see the Kings in this spot, uh, in the three seed. Yeah, this is a team that has been borderline, if not specifically the joke of the NBA. Uh, for just about every year I have ever followed the NBA. It's been ha-ha, Kings moment, LOL Kings, and now here they are. Keegan Murray is going to work out. Keegan Murray's been good. They're lighting the beam, and they're having fun. I forgot to mention this for the Grizzlies. I'm taking the Grizzlies as a, as a finals contender, I think. The Kings are not a finals contender. I don't know how they're here. They, they find a way to win. Only five and a half games back out of the one seed. They're here. And that is a good thing, but I find it very hard to believe that they are a title contender. Because they have the same amount of wins as the Clippers. 
who are behind them currently. They just have a better winning percentage because they have played four less games somehow. Don't really know how that works, but whatever. Uh, speaking of the Clippers, they're the four seed right now. Uh, if if Kawhi and PG are both healthy, they're one of the best duos in the league, and that is a final contending team, I promise you. If Kawhi and PG-13, it's not even like it's a guarantee that they will be. It's almost a guarantee that they both won't be. But if they are both healthy, when come playoff time, this team could probably win the finals, and they could probably do it pretty easily. That's one of the best duos in the league. I think people forget how how good Kawhi is because he hasn't played much. I think people, how good P, people forgot how good PG-13 can be. I am buying the Clippers right now. As a playoff contender, uh, sorry, NFL finals, NFL finals, NBA finals contender, Warriors, they'll find a way. I mean, they did it last year. Uh, I think this team is pretty much the exact same team as last year, so I think they'll find a way. Uh, uh, I don't think they're finals contenders, though. Mavericks, it's just hard, man. It's like Luka does not have any help. He does not have any help, and, and I mean, you have to. I mean, they have fallen short time and time again. And I think it'll happen again this year. Like, what reason do you have to believe right now that the Mavericks are going to go get any farther than they did last year? I mean, they win the Western Conference Finals. They were one series away. But they just can't, could not get it done. Right? They couldn't get it done. And they kind of got manhandled in the Western Conference Finals. So, I don't know. I don't buy them as contenders because I don't think Luka has the help he needs. If Luka had... A second star that I really trusted, I'm probably taking this team to win in. Because Luka is just so good. But somehow behind them in the seventh seed of the Suns. I mean, like, what do you say about this team, man? Like, this is regression to the mean, honestly. I mean, I don't buy them as a finals contender. The Pelicans, I think they're going to make a sneaky run on it. Right now, they're a playing team. I mean, so is so are the Suns. But right now, they're a playing team. I think the Suns... And the Pelicans both make it into the into the playoffs and both win their play in tournament games, um, but like the Timberwolves and the Jazz down there, the Timberwolves we'll talk about them. Man, oh man, oh man, what like there are, there were people and I almost got on this train, but I never officially made the take and I changed it. People saying that the Timberwolves are going to be the one seed in the West. I just don't really see where that's coming from. I mean, Gobert, this is, this is going to go down legitimately as one of the worst trades in the in the history of the NBA. This was a terrible trade. And the Jazz got so much in return. They fleeced them so hard because Gobert, is, he's nothing on offense, and he is a good defender, but he is nothing on offense, and Cat has not worked out in the role you want him to be playing. And all of a sudden, you're the nine seed. You're going to have to fight for a playoff spot, most likely, and then something magical happens in the back half of the season. And, and Anthony Edwards hasn't worked out the way you want him to, and D'Angelo Russell isn't working out the way you want him to. It seems like everything that could possibly be going wrong for the Minnesota Timberwolves is going wrong right now. Like the Jazz are the 10 seed right now, this is a team that just traded away both of their stars, one of them to the Timberwolves, and they are one game out from being ahead of the Timberwolves. Half a game. Only nine games back from the one seed. Like that, that is crazy. That is crazy. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Like, that is... The, the, the Timberwolves are poverty, man. They always have been. They always will be. But talk about the Pelicans a little bit. I don't buy them as a finals contender per se, but Zion is so good. If Brandon Ingram comes back, they can probably win a couple playoff series or a playoff series. I don't buy them as a contender, though. Um, Eastern Conference. Let's move it along. Celtics, no surprise here. I mean, this team is somebody who can beat anybody in the East for sure. I mean, they're so good defensively. They're so solid defensively. Uh, Tatum is an MVP candidate. I mean, 
uh, they they really they truly can beat anybody in the Eastern series. I, I guarantee you, there is no team below them in the East right now who I would pick over them. I don't think so, at least. Maybe the Bucks. Okay, but Bucks are in second, so obviously I'm buying the Celtics as a final contender. The Bucks I'm buying as a finals contender as long as Giannis is there. You know, if Giannis and Middleton and Holiday are all healthy, and that has happened in the past before, except for last year with Middleton being hurt. I don't think there's any reason to say that this team can't at least go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, they are so solid all around. They're 33 and 17 right now. They are 21 and a half games ahead of 21. Sorry, 21 games ahead of the 15 seed. Insane. Obviously, 23 and a half for the Celtics. Um, I, I'm buying the Bucks as Finals contenders as long as Giannis is around. The 76ers do not have the MVP. Don't I hate this MB, MVP narrative? I don't think it's. I don't think it has any merit. I think there's definitely some argument to it. But I don't think the argument has enough merit to put him over some of the guys that are playing in the NBA right now, in my opinion. Like I, I, I would take Jason Tatum for the MVP before I would take Joel Embiid. I think Jason Tatum is more important to the Celtics than Embiid is to the 76ers right now. Maybe I'm wrong, but the Sixers have Harden. The Celtics don't have Harden. Uh, the Nets in the four seed, this is exactly what they needed. Man, this is exactly what they were expecting when they got KD and Kyrie. You know, this is exactly what they were expecting. Is We're the four seed. We've won 31 games. This is exactly what they were expecting when they traded for Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant. And they're finally getting it. Like, this is the first time it's actually worked out for them. So, yeah, I buy them as finals contenders if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are healthy. Even if just Kevin Durant's healthy, I buy them as finals contenders. There's no reason why this team can't win the finals. Cavs, Donovan Mitchell is a monster. He's insane. The rest of the team, I don't trust. Maybe Evan Mobley. But I don't trust them to be consistent enough to win the finals. I, I, I understand why they're in fifth place right now. I understand that they've been good, but, yeah. The Heat... Please listen. If you are someone somehow listening to this and you were in the Miami Heat organization, please, just please, trade Kyle Lowry. It, experiment, it failed. That's okay. I get it. He was a good player on a championship team. Just please, just end yours and his suffering right here now. Just, just, just trade him back to the Raptors for a bag of chips. Don't even charge him anything. Just, just hand him back over to the Raptors. I'm sure we would appreciate it. Anyway, Knicks, <laughs> in all seriousness, the Heat don't have the juice to win the finals. I mean, this is going to be a Heat team that's going to end up the exact same way that it did last year. They'll probably get swept in the first round something because they realize that they don't have the juice. Although Bam Adebayo is making a serious campaign for a depoy. Bam for a depoy. Uh, Knicks, it'd be interesting to see this team in the playoffs, I think. Because uh, they're not really a team that you would expect to make the playoffs this year. And when when they did, you'd be like, ah, I don't know. Are they really going to win anything? Probably not. They probably If they made the playoffs, if they could have the play and they probably wouldn't win a playoff series. But I think it'd be fun to see them playoffs. The Hawks, I'm a big Trey Young truther. Not been fantastic this year. Dejounte Murray, not working out the way they hoped. And those are the two reasons why they're the eighth seed right now. I mean, this is a team, again, that like, People had really high expectations for. Him. I mean, they made the Eastern Conference Finals just a couple of years back, you know. And obviously, Trey Young coming into the season was coming off of terrible playoff performance against the Sixers, and everybody was saying he sucked and he wasn't a number one. Maybe he's not a number one on a championship team, you know. But when you have a guy like Dejounte Murray, that shouldn't matter. Dejounte Murray was phenomenal last year in San Antonio, and they had every right to trade trade for him. What they did, I just it, it hasn't worked out the way they wanted wanted them to. You know, and and that's and that just yeah, kind of had to live with that because now you're the eight seed, the Wizards and the Bulls at nine and ten. The Bulls, they're a majorly disappointing team. 
man, I mean, they were like the one seed for a while last year, end up being like the four or the five seed. And they just, I don't, I don't, and they, and they just, they just stink. They stink. I mean, Vucevic stinks on defense. I mean, he's barely even functional on offense, but he stinks on defense. They don't have a true big. They don't have a good big. Andre Drummond is washed. He's, he, he is, he is moments, but he's, he, he is washed. Okay. Zach Levine is good. Demar is good, but Caruso is good. They could even trade Caruso, and they could get a good deal for him. If they get a good deal, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't trade him, to be completely honest with you. But the Bulls kind of stink this year. On the Wizards, yeah, yeah. I like Bradley Beal, but like they, I don't think they'll get out of the plans. <laughs> Honestly, I think the Knicks and the Hawks will will will, will claim their spots in the seven and eight seed. Um, the Raptors. I talked about him a lot last episode, so I'm gonna keep this brief. We stink. We stink so bad. Raptors stink. They suck. And there's not really much to do about it this year. They could blow it up. Their their main option right now seems to be blowing it up. No, if they if they trade OG, who's a guy that they said have said in the past, like we're not gonna we're not gonna trade OG. We wouldn't trade OG. If they were to do that now. That is a sign that they are blowing this thing up because that is a guy who they said that was going to be protected and he was going to be safe. And if they were to get rid of Fred or, or even Gary Trent, you know, they they would show signs that they are trying to blow it up. But I think, honestly, they could. You know, they suck, man. I want them to make the playoffs so badly this year, but sadly, it will not happen. Sadly, sadly, it will not happen, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that is all I've got for this episode. It's just kind of a shorter, just me talking to you guys. Uh, yeah, if you enjoyed, be sure to rate the podcast, review, review the podcast, do everything you can to help it on all platforms. And we will see you guys in episode 72.